1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Your exclusive Twin Cities home for the Ramsey Show. Live weekday afternoons from 1 to 4. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Indiana state senators are set to meet in a rare Saturday session to vote on a near-total abortion ban. Passage would send the bill to the House after a contentious week of arguments over whether to allow exceptions for rape and incest. Kentucky's governor says it could take weeks to find all the victims of flash flooding that's killed at least 16 people. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says President Biden is being briefed on the flooding every day. The White House is continuing to closely monitor the devastating flooding in eastern Kentucky, and President Biden is receiving updates very regularly. The president has declared a federal disaster seeking to speed relief money to those in need. The House has passed a ban on semi-automatic weapons after an 18-year lapse. Republicans arguing that such a law, if it does pass, would be unconstitutional and a violation of the Second Amendment. This is SRN News. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Turn market volatility into opportunity today by investing with the big institutions, not against them. Many people are getting taken advantage of by Wall Street. Learn why their returns are so much better than the average novice 401k investor. Learn the skills to be a better steward of your own money. Call for a free in-center or virtual investing class today at 952-814-4410. Call Online Trading Academy at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale. We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. I asked the station several times to make sure that I understood that there weren't strings attached, and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Is it his time? Yes! Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. 
Welcome back, King Bane Show, the Biz 1440. Now, I was gonna, I'm going to take the whole hour. I'm going to take the rest of the hour to talk about the Federal Reserve and, the, and uh, Jay Powell's press conference and some reactions to it um, in a moment. But I just want to make one more point. I, I was just noticing uh, this morning. Uh, one of my favorite things to read is Power Lines: The Week in Pictures, which is normally done by Steve Hayward, but I think he's on. He's on walkabout in uh, in Scotland right this moment. I think he's I think he's working on a book, um, and uh, and doing some research. Uh, um, and by the way, if you've never read a Steve Hayward book, you're missing a treat. Uh, anyway, um, John Hinderocker did it this week. Uh, good friend John and uh, talks about we're transitioning to a non-binary economy where GDP is whatever you want it to be. It's inter- I only want to make this one point. The chronology of NBER, which has this multiple measure and so forth, actually the chronology sort of says we're either in a recession or we're not in a recession, and everything that's not recession is expansion. We have kind of invited that upon ourselves, which is which is it's to sort of say economists need to own up to the fact that we haven't done a very good job of defining what we mean by a recession. Which, by the way, is what the NBER was created for. Its entire function was to study business cycles. Because by the 1920s, there were a lot of people who tried to understand why they happened. And and I, I tweeted this morning to you one last piece to think about, how did we know about business cycles before they happened? Right? Before, before the NBER happened, excuse me, in the 1920s. And it relied on very old books. I'm actually doing a, an economic history of uh, the St. Cloud area. And the research methods that are in the, the piece that uh, that I posted this morning using the hashtag pound KBRS exactly, are exactly the same things that have been used to measure these business cycles. We read newspaper stories. We collect data in little bits and pieces to try to get a general feel for what did the economy look like debates about whether recessions are happened and how long they happened and when they started when they ended it's been around forever it's what we created the thing for it's still it you know in in the history of thought in various fields 100 years is not terribly long time um and economists haven't gotten all the way to an answer in that in that in that first hundred years of nber but i i I, I think we're getting closer. Okay, look, I got we got to do the Fed, and 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 just uh, noting to Marshall, I'm going to jump around a fair amount, so uh, listen listen close for the numbers, sir. Uh, we're going although I'm going I am going to start with number one. So the Federal Reserve expected everybody expected it to give 75 basis points, and it did. You'll recall, and this is sort of the setup for the hour. You'll recall at one point. The Fed said it. It said basically it was going to rise fifty, and then did seventy-five. That was the previous meeting, and then they had to come out and sort of explain why did they surprise you. There was discussion that they would surprise you this time, and maybe go to a hundred rather than seventy-five. But that's not what they did. And the explanation comes in the prepared statement of Jay Powell. This is cut number one. Over coming months, we will be looking for compelling evidence that inflation is moving down, consistent with inflation returning to 2%. We anticipate that ongoing increases in the target range for the federal funds rate will be appropriate. 
The pace of those increases will continue to depend on the incoming data and evolving outlook for the economy. Today's increase is the tar- in the target range is the second 75 basis point increase in as many meetings. While another unusually large increase could be appropriate at our next meeting, that is a decision that will depend on the data we get between now and then. We will continue to make our decisions meeting by me- meeting and communicating and communicate our th- thinking as clearly as possible. As the stance of monetary policy tightens further, it likely will become appropriate to slow the pace of increases while we assess how our cumulative policy adjustments are affecting the economy and inflation. Our overarching focus is using our tools to bring demand into better balance with supply in order to bring inflation back down to our 2% goal and to keep longer-term inflation expectations well anchored. So that's a full paragraph. That's long. That's longer than a minute, which I typically don't want to do with, with recordings, but it's important that you heard all of that. So let's, let's break it down. First of all, he says, he says we're looking for compelling evidence that, we're, that inflation's moving down. He's going to say that many more times in this press conference. He then says, today's increase in the target range is the second 75 basis point increase in as many meetings. While another unusually large increase could be appropriate at our next meeting, that is a decision that will depend on the data we get between now and then. That's a very normal statement for the Fed to make. We, de- we are looking at data. Our actions will be guided by the data. That has been consistent throughout all of the time that the Federal Reserve has, has, has been there. Um, <clears throat> then... Um, and, and then says, and then and then continues on to say, our you know, our overarching goal is to use our tools to bring demand into better balance with supply, to bring inflation back down to our two percent goal, and to keep longer term keep longer term inflation expectations well anchored. I hold on to that word keep because at this moment I believe the Fed thinks that it's that it's still got its anchor in terms of inflation expectations, in the neighborhood of 2%. If you look at market rates on, say, tips, you know, uh, treasury inflation, you know, index bonds, in the spread between indexed and non-indexed treasuries, you can make a case that they're pretty well anchored in there. In, you, if you look at survey data, the number's a little bit higher. It's around 3 to 3 and a quarter would be sort of my general impression of the of the melding of consumer expectations and business expectations feels like it's in there right um so so on he goes into um it, and and this is where I wanted to jump around jump around a little bit I'll come back I'll come back to uh, cut number 2 in a moment let me jump forward um um and go to cut number three, please. This is an answer to a first question. Cut number three, Marshall. We, we had said many times uh, that we were prepared to move aggressively, more aggressively, if inflation continued to disappoint. And that's why we did move to a more aggressive pace at the June meeting, as we said we would do. At this meeting, we continued at that more aggressive pace as inflation has continued to disappoint in the form of the June CPI reading. So he says it disappoints, right? Uh, right, so he's saying it's worse than they they thought it would be. 
um, you know, and 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 says in essence that things are actually worse than than they than they had they had thought. Um, you know, indeed, indeed. Let me jump ahead to. I think this is this is yes. This is. Let's go ahead to cut number five. You know, we'll be looking at the incoming data, as I mentioned, and that, that'll start with economic activity. Are we seeing the slowdown that we, the slowdown in economic activity uh, that we think we need? And, and there, there's some evidence that we are at this time. Of course, we'll be looking at labor market conditions, and we'll be asking whether we see the alignment between supply and demand getting better, getting closer. Of course, we'll be looking closely at inflation. You mentioned headline and core. Our mandate is for headline. Of course, it's not for core, but we, we look at core because core is, is actually a better indicator of headline and of all inflation going forward. So we'll be, we'll be looking at both, and we'll be looking at them for uh, at those both really for what they're saying about the outlook rather than just simply for, for, what, for what they say. But we'll be asking, do we see inflationary pressures declining? Do we see actual readings of inflation coming down? So in light of all that data, the question we'll be asking is whether the stance of policy we have is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation back down to our 2 percent target. And it's also worth noting that these rate hikes have been large and they've come, they've come quickly, and uh, it's likely that their full effect has not been felt by the economy. So there's probably some additional tightening, significant additional tightening in the, in the pipeline. So – they believe they've now done enough that they, the full effect of what they've done so far hasn't come into play. Now, it's worth remembering, and we'll talk about this in another segment, that even at this 2.5%, it is well below what the current inflation rate is. Why does that matter? I need to explain that to you. I understand that I, I, because because there's been some hullabaloo about that too. However... It's worth noting that the economy, I think, is moving pretty much to where um, where they want it to be. To sort of reemphasize that, Randy Quarles uh, was on um, on Bloomberg this week and was talking about <clears throat> the state of the economy and how it's moving relative to what the Fed wants. Randy Quarles, you should remember, was the vice chair of the Federal Reserve. Uh, until very recently, is now in the private sector. He has this to say, cut number 17. Yeah, I mean, we're clearly in a slowdown. Um, uh, it, it would be a little odd to say that we're already in a recession when you have such a strong job market. But I think, you know, attach it, pinning the tail on the donkey of are we in a recession at this moment or not, what's important is that the economy is slowing down, generally. Uh, the labor market will ultimately have to slow down as well in order to uh, bring inflation under control. Uh, there's every reason to expect that that will happen, uh, given the robustness of the Fed's approach uh, currently. And that's a feature, not a bug. Uh, to bring inflation under control, the economy has to slow down. So, so, to, so here's the first point. The Fed is clearly signaling that an increase in the unemployment rate and slowing of GDP is is the plan. It is part of their plan. And they recognize that more slowing will happen. And they're waiting for it to happen in terms of, of employment. They're not going to react 
as long as the unemployment rate is is three percent. So if the unemployment rate, we're going to get a jobs report next week, okay? Jobs Saturday next week, and then we'll get another jobs report around Labor Day. And the Fed doesn't actually have another meeting of its of the FOMC and another planned change in in interest rates until middle of September. So you would not expect that when they have that information in place, if the unemployment rate is still in the mid threes, I expect them to be more aggressive rather than less. But they're telling you there's a lot of data between here and the next place, and those are those are things that they sort of need to wait to see. So what did he say that made me think that he actually went back on the Ben Bernanke piece? That's coming up right after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. The fight for the unborn is raging in our country. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, clearing the way for many states to ban or severely limit abortion. The debates have never been stronger. During this critical time, the award-winning film, The Matter of Life, cuts through the rhetoric and hatred and exposes the real issues surrounding the plight of the unborn. The Matter of Life. Stream it today at SalemNow.com and have your own life transformed as you watch The Matter of Life. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Free, what a great word. We're often asked if we give free estimates. The truth is that very little is actually free, but we absolutely do offer free, no obligation estimates on roofing, siding, gutters, and windows, and we feel privileged to do so. This makes me think of the incredible cost of salvation. So costly that nobody, nobody can afford it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. The only way to pay our sin debt is with death. Ouch. The verse continues with, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Honestly, there is very little cost to us doing an estimate for you, and we actually get the benefit of meeting you too. But think of the cost of salvation. If you have any questions about your home's exterior or about the free gift of salvation, please look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. 
There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP fan club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and more. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. We're plowing through the Federal Reserve uh, uh, meeting of Wednesday and listening to Jay Powell. Look, I'm going to play you uh, a very, very short cut. Um, Here's one sentence, just a single sentence, that apparently got got a lot of attention last night on Wall Street Week from... uh, from uh, uh, Larry Summers. I was at the concert. I didn't watch Wall Street Week. I didn't find out about it till that Larry had said this until about 30 minutes before showtime, and I didn't go back to pull the pull the audio for that. I've sent, I sent a lot of audio to Marshall this week. We didn't want to bury him with any more. But I want thank you, my I friend. Wanna, yeah, you're welcome. But I do want to I do want to play this one. This is just a single sentence. This is cut number four, Marshall. We're at 225 to two and a half, and that's right in the range of what we think is neutral. So the question is, how are we thinking about uh, the path forward? Okay, so the, that's first sentence. We're at two and a quarter to two and a half, and that's right in the range of what we think is neutral. That, that was important to him to say. Summer's, Summer's point is, is if you've got an inflation rate of 8%, and you're at two and a quarter, two and a half percent. How can you say monetary policy is tight when you haven't even fully engaged quantitative tightening? They're waiting till September to do that. How can you say you've, you're at neutral? How can you say monetary policy is tightening? And I fully appreciate that, but I'm going to interpret what I think the chairman's trying to say. Um. And then tie that to the major point of this hour. First of all, when I talk about a real rate of interest, right, the neutral rate is a real rate construction, not a nominal rate construction. And that's why that's why we're using this. But what, what Larry Summers is talking about is the ex post real rate, the real rate given the actual inflation rate you've just experienced. What I think, and I'm giving the, I'm doing my best to steel man the argument that Jay Paul is giving. I'm trying to give him the most positive spin, and I think, based on what I've heard a couple other Fed officials say, I think this is what they are saying, though not very well, is that their long-run neutral rate, which means that you're back at 2% inflation, would be two and a quarter to two and a half, meaning that the real rate of interest in the long run needs to be somewhere between 0.25 and 0.5. Now, set aside arguments about what the real rate is. That's not my that's not my point. My point is as long as the Fed can credibly claim that inflation expectations are still anchored in that in that roughly two to two and a half percent range. And I think they can make a case. I have some counterpoints, but I think you could make the case. 
Um, if you said that, then you could call two and a quarter, two and a half percent on the Fed funds rate a neutral rate. But it turns out the reason he was saying that actually came uh, in, in further response at the end of this response, which was a very long response. I played you the cut, the longer cut in the middle of this, but now I want to play the last piece of this, which is where I think, where I think he stuck a nail in the coffin of Ben Bernanke's forward guide. It's cut number six. And we're going to be making decisions meeting by meeting. We think it's uh, we think it's time to, to to just go to a meeting by meeting basis and and not provide you know the kind of clear guidance that we had provided on the on the way to neutral. What the Fed's guidance has been has been here's where we think where neutral is. And by the way, the the the. Uh, the transcript says weighted, W-E-I-G-H-T-E-D. I think what he actually says was way too neutral, on the way too neutral. What he wanted to say was, we gave you the destination, the, the way station of neutral as two and a quarter, two and a half, and we wanted to guide you on how quickly we we're going to get back to there. Now he says, we're going to be making decisions being being meeting by meeting and not provide the clear kind of clear guidance. Um, having met Chairman Bernanke at least three times personally, maybe four. I can't remember the first time he came out to Claremont if I actually got a chance to talk to him. I know I, I, know I handed him a glass of wine because I was still a grad student and I was handing out I was hand, I was handing out wine to uh, visiting visitors who were coming to a to a uh, to a uh, basically a a seminar late afternoon wine and cheese after the seminar at Claremont's a kind of a normal thing. Um, love the private love the private universities. Uh, we can't do that here, but we um, I knowing him as well as I do that remark had to have sent his eyebrows his forehead you're not going to tell them how far beyond you're going no we're just going to go meeting by meeting we're uh, not provide the kind of clear glance that we had provided on the way to neutral okay that is a shock that is kind that was the shock that i that, where i read that i was like whoa wait i actually played this cut for myself I want to say three times to be sure I'd heard him say that, particularly given that I'm looking at the transcript that says weighted neutral. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think that's what he means. I think what he means is way too neutral. So let me let me flip over and play a little bit of the commentary on this. Um, and that, that they're going right to, this is kind of where he wants to go. I want to play this. This is Anastasia Amoroso. She's the chief investment strategist at iCapital. Um, she was on uh, with Joe Kernan on CNBC, and she had this to say. This is cut number 18. I think it's actually the exactly the number and the details of the number that the Fed wanted to see. I mean, look, they're trying to engineer a slowdown in the good sector of the economy, in the inventory sector of the economy, in the structures sector of the economy. And that's exactly where we saw the pullback uh, in this GDP report. 
one thing that Fed Chair Powell said yesterday is they want to bring down demand in certain sectors while supply catches up. So that's exactly what this GDP number shows. Now, if you look through the other details of it, if you extrapolate private inventories, the GDP actually would have been positive and consumption, the 70 percent of this basket is up 0.7 percent. So I think that's exactly the recipe that the Fed sees to bringing down inflation, but at the same time achieving some sort of softish landing. So they're still trying to get to the soft landing. Indeed, uh, um, backing for the Fed's actions came uh, from Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, uh, later in the week after the Fed's meeting. She had this to say, cut number 13. Do you think it will be necessary for unemployment to rise above 5% in order for inflation to reach the Fed's longer-run target of 2%? Thank you. Well, I believe, as I've said, um, that there is a path to bring down inflation while maintaining a strong labor market. And um, most estimates of the natural rate of unemployment are um, lower than 5 percent. Now, it's not a certainty that that can be done, but um, I believe there is a path to accomplishing that and as Chair Powell has said repeatedly, that would be his objective to try to accomplish that. And I would consider that a good outcome as well. So there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made here, right, on the way. So they're going to wait to see. They, again, they've got two reports on the on jobs. They've got two reports on inflation before their meeting in the second half of September. That's the next meeting of the FOMC. And what he says in this piece, we're going meeting by meeting, is giving them more wiggle room so that they're not locked in on a number between between now and September. They not only have two observations on each of inflation and unemployment, they also have the Jackson Hole meeting, which will happen in the in the last week of August, uh, and that meeting is going to be be quite interesting to listen to to see what it is the, the what it is that they're talking about. I'd be shocked, shocked if Jay Powell doesn't give a speech at Jackson Hole. You know, I'd be shocked if there isn't some further further uh, explanation of this new policy that they're bringing forward. So they said. Here's what we think is neutral. We got to neutral as pretty much as fast as we thought we could go. But from here, we're just going to watch data and we're going to try to achieve this. And basically, it's very interesting the way that question was asked to say, do you think you need to get to five? Do you think 5% unemployment? Do you think you have to get above 5% unemployment? And Treasury Secretary Yellen's answer is, I don't think you have to go to 5% to, you know, you know, I don't think I think you can do this without having unemployment go to five percent. So you now have parameters. Currently at three point six, you can go up to five, and and that's sort of the those are the guardrails within that range. Bring inflation down to two percent. Can they do it? I don't know, but that's what they're trying to do.
Let's 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 we'll listen to a little more of Jay Powell right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. Tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite and her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, and we're from Oakdale. Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Are you a real estate investor looking to refinance one or more of your properties? Most lenders only work with cookie-cutter W-2 borrowers, not Cash Call Mortgage. At Cash Call Mortgage, we qualify customers based on the cash flow from the investment property, and borrowers can own unlimited financed properties. We lend up to $2.5 million with no tax returns or employment verification and no broker fees. We accept FICOs as low as 600 for our investment property loans. If you are a real estate investor looking to refinance a mortgage, give Cash Call Mortgage a try. To see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call now. Call 800-940-7998. That's 800-940-7998. 800-940-7998. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License Number 4131083. Not licensed in all states, including New York. These loans may have higher interest rates, higher points, and or higher costs than a full documentation loan. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. It's the hour of talking about the Fed, which, as I indicated in the last segment, basically said we're going to go meeting by meeting and actually goes as close as I dare say to someone saying we're going to create a recession. This is in the prepared remarks. Remember, the chairman takes questions and so has to somewhat think on the fly 
but always has on the podium a set of remarks that have been prepared in advance, cleared probably, I believe these are actually seen by the FOMC, by all the committee members before they actually go to the, before he goes to the stage. Uh, And this was in that set. Cut number two, please, Marshall. We are highly attentive to inflation risks and determined to take the measures necessary to return inflation to our 2% longer-run goal. This process is likely to involve a period of below-trend economic growth and some softening in labor market conditions. But such outcomes are likely necessary to restore price stability and to set the stage for achieving maximum employment and stable prices over the longer run. So when I see when I see this uh this process is likely to involve a period of below trend economic growth, some softening in labor market conditions. I think that's what inspired as you just heard. You know what? Let's play it one more time. This was a question and answer from Secretary Janet Yellen, former Fed Chair uh Janet Yellen, uh cut number 13. Do you think it will be necessary for unemployment to rise above 5% in order for inflation to reach the Fed's longer-run target of 2%. Thank you. Well, I believe, as I've said, um, that there is a path to bring down inflation while maintaining a strong labor market. And um, most estimates of the natural rate of unemployment are um, lower than 5%. Now, um, it's not a certainty that that can be done, but um, I believe there is a path to accomplishing that. And as Chair Powell has said repeatedly, that would be his objective to try to accomplish that. And I would consider that a good outcome as well. And so as he ta- and as he talks about it, he was asked this question a, a little bit later in the press conference by Steve Leisman at CNBC and asking about, you know, how much are you willing to how much pain are you willing to impose? How much is how much how far are you willing to go in terms in terms of this recession of possibility of creating a recession? And the chairman answers uh, this is Jay Powell at the press conference on Wednesday. Uh, cut number nine, please. So as I as I mentioned, um, we we think it's necessary to have uh, growth slow down, and sl- growth growth is going to be slowing down this year be- for a couple of reasons. One of which is that you're coming off of the very high growth of the reopening year of 2021. Um, you're also uh, seeing tighter monetary policy, and you should see some slowing. We actually think we need a period of growth below potential in order to create some slack so that so that the supply side can catch up. We also think that there will be in all likelihood some softening in labor market conditions. And and those are those are things that we expect uh, that and we think that they're probably necessary if we were to have uh, to get inflation if we were to be able to get inflation back down on a path to two percent ultimately get there. So he's made it very clear I'm gonna try to get us down to two percent. Um and I think the economy will have to soften in order for that to happen. Given the, the, given the next day with the GDP number as it is, as, as indicated, we think the Fed is probably just in the right place. Let's play this. 
let's play a little bit more. This was Anastasia Amoroso. She was on Thursday on uh, CNBC. She's the chief investment strategist at iCapital. Uh, this is cut number 19, please, Marshall. I do think that this correction in the good sector will play out, but it's not going to bring inflation down to 2%. I mean, you can't, you know, quickly solve the wage issue. You can't quickly solve the shelter issue. That's what really worries me, that 30% of the CPI basket, and we can't print more housing. So the fact that we're pulling back on building structures may actually not be a good thing for uh, for inflation. I, and I am going to, I'm going to pile on to that. I think it is unlikely that inflation will have, I don't know that we'll have the nine handle in the next two reports. We'll get one in, in about two and a, about two weeks, two and a half weeks from now. We'll have uh, the, the July CPI numbers and then we'll have the August CPI numbers just before the Fed meets again. And by the way, it will happen in the period where, where Fed officials can't talk. And I'm really curious if the Fed's going to get out and, and talk too much to folks. Professor, can I uh, yeah. can I ask a question of you? We were talking a little off air here on the idea of a 2% inflation. My folks talked about how, and they're in their 80s, that in the 60s, you could, you know, everything was cheaper for everything. And 2%, isn't that a dollar Incre- or decreasing in value every 20 years? Well, yeah, and I as I as I texted back to you in our in our our side chat, right. um, the actual the so the way to think about that is always I always use the rule of 70. So if if I if my goal is to have 2% inflation as a standard as like best monetary policy, that still means that the value that a dollar buys Every 35 years is one half of what it was before. So that the value of a dollar halves every 35 years. See, is that's that frightening. acceptable? <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. I don't I know. think it is. I know. Yeah. And there, there is a substantial debate. Well, it, Marshall, you're fairly new to the show, but uh, I've had this argument. I've had, uh, If you go back in the archives, uh, looking at uh, TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, you know, I think I actually titled an hour episode a few years back, uh, Why 2 and Not 0? Um, why Excellent. do we target 2% and not 0? I mean, it's it's a very fundamental question, right? We're talking about 2% is like uh, nirvana, and, and there are folks, you know, particularly if you're on a fixed income, um, where, where 2% is painful, particularly when... We live in a world with a financial repression where your savings rates on CDs that you get at the bank won't pay you even 1%. I mean, I ha- I mean I, I, I'm taking a bit of a detour, but this is, this, maybe this is interesting. I was looking at Blame it on me, a, sir. That's okay. But I was looking at my local St. Cloud paper, and there was a banner ad above, above the masthead for a local financial institution that was offering 21-month CD rates at 2.5%. Now, Marshall, you and I are old enough to remember when we would have looked at it and go, that's nothing. I mean, gosh, I, I can do better than that. Now we're like, woohoo, 2.5%. That's the best rate I've seen in, in years, right? And, and at the next breath, I say, yes, and if the Fed doesn't land the plane 
and get us back to 2%, that you've just locked yourself into 21 months of negative real real interest rates, right? The does, Is the Fed going to get the inflation rate down to 2.5% in the next 21 months? I got to tell you between you I got to tell you between you and me and all our listeners, I doubt it. I really do. I don't see I don't see the Fed being able to do that. And that's going to be really really that's going to be a real problem for folks who are seniors who live off their income from investing in CDs or investing in bonds. Um and and this is all part of a strategy that the Fed has had. Right, the Fed has been trying to create a, a, a strategy like this, um, and so what's it going to do? It says, just says, we're going to just try to do this on a month by month basis or meeting by meeting basis. Marshall, play play this cut for them. This sort of reinforces that very same point. It was very clear he was trying to say, we're not giving you any more forward guidance. Cut number seven, please. I think for for all participants, it's, it has evolved over the course of the year as we learn how persistent inflation is going to be. And by the time of the September meeting, we will have seen two more CPI readings and two more labor market readings and significant amount of, of uh, readings about economic activity and, and perhaps geopolitical developments. Who knows? It'll be it'll be a lot. It's it's an eight week intermeeting period. So I think we'll see quite a lot of data and we'll make our decision at that meeting. Yeah, uh, don't throw me in that in that uh, briar patch, Br'er Rabbit. Don't make me tell you what the interest rate's going to be two months from now. Uh, I I can't do it. I can't. I just can't do it. So I think the Fed is, you know, is basically saying forward guidance was a box that we got put into by Chair Bernanke, and we want out of the box because there's just too many changes. I, I mean. The, you know, I appreciate that the Treasury Secretary tries to express confidence in the chairman, but when I listen to when he says says significant amount of readings about economic activity, perhaps geopolitical developments, who knows? It'll be a lot. <laughs> Those were his exact words. This is the guy that's, that you're putting your money into financial instruments to make it through your your period of being a senior citizen. This is the guy that's telling you hey everything's going to be all right um i wish i had i wish we had that that ska music <laughs> that little bit of that, that little bit of ska going out uh, or reggae going out uh here but uh we need to take a break here we'll be back after this with our final segment of the king banyan show on the biz 1440 1440 KYCR Golden Valley Summertime Now that I've got your attention Let me tell you all about us Whoa, tough crowd Anybody out there? Hello? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? Anyone? Too often, digital campaigns fail because it's being handled by someone inexperienced. It's time for Salem Surround because our specialists break through all the clutter and put your message and your business front and center. Our team is the best of the best with years of experience and superior ideas and innovations. Salem Surround is obsessed with your success. No cookie cutter treatments here. Everything is tailored to you, your company, and your message. With Salem Surround, you get it all. 
from up-to-the-minute analytic reports and insight to managing every aspect of your digital and marketing needs. So let's turn up the volume on your business. Get started with Salem Surround today. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. I'm driving a 2018 Elantra, red, my favorite color. Hi, I'm Rita from St. Paul. Well, when I first walked in, I felt welcomed. And I'd been at a couple other dealerships that uh, I gave an F to. And Justin was the first gentleman to wait on me when I took it in for my first service. And he's been the only person that I've dealt with since then. Can't say enough good things about him. On Christmas Day last year, I was on the freeway driving home. And all of a sudden, a red light came on. And the right front tire was low. And the next day, I called. And Justin answered. He said, only take a look at it and go in the waiting room and, and I'll get back to you. They found that there was a huge nail in the tire. And so he was able to get that all fixed up and replaced and sent me on my way home. Infragrove Hyundai was very welcoming. Service was excellent. Infragrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InfragroveHyundai.com. Chet's Shoes is your industrial footwear headquarters. Talk to him today about setting up a customized industrial program for your employees. Chet's works with you to fit your company's needs in everything from specific styles to customized billing. Let them bring the store to you with their mobile shoe service or visit their store in Spring Lake Park. Chet's features comfortable and professionally fit footwear with brands such as Timberland Pro, Keen Utility, New Balance, Reebok, Carolina, Ariat, and more. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news. Townhall.com. Political cartoons. Thoughtful commentary. And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com. A division of Salem Media Group. Soaking up the sun in Fiji. Walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis. Or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com. Or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Final segment of the King Banyan Show. Death of Forward Guidance Edition. Um, and, and you can sort of see uh, uh, there's so many places where where it seems like the chairman says, look, this is I really we really just don't have this figured out very well. Um, I'm going to jump all the way out to uh, uh, to the last cut. I hit the last the latest piece in the press conference that I had I had uh, pulled for us, uh, where he's talking about the fact that, that the economy has not behaved in the way they thought. Okay, uh, let's play this. Cut, this is Jay Powell Wednesday, his press conference, cut number 12. Again, I don't think that's... The, the real issue of 2020 and 21 was just trying to understand what was happening with the reopening economy. That That was where the big uncertainty was, and... You know, our view was that that these supply side issues would get better, that, you know, that people would go back to work, that labor force participation would come back. People, everyone would get vaccinated. Schools would open. Um, kids would be in school and labor force participation would would jump back up. You know, that's what we were that was pretty very broadly thought to be the case. You know, these supply side issues would get solved reasonably quickly and they just haven't. They still haven't. So. They still believe there are supply side issues, and I agree with them about that. But they, they admit that their ability to see see out far into what they thought 
what they thought was going to happen is is it really doing this but this is but yet they want you to believe he wants you to believe at least and i think the rest of the fed wants you to believe that they can somehow adjust excess demand in such a way that it doesn't cause the recession that gets unemployment above five percent and gets uh the White House all upset. I'm going backwards on these. Let's go back to cut number 11. This is the same this is in sort of the same answer actually as previous person but it, it follows along the same line of them saying so he just says hey we really didn't understand what was happening then but yet we're going to be able to do this. Cut number 11. And but we, we do think though that the labor market can adjust uh, because of the huge overhang of job openings, of excess demand, really, there should be able to be an adjustment that would have lower than, perhaps lower than expected increases in unemployment, lower than would be expected in the, in the ordinary course of events, because the, the level, the, the ratio of, of, um, uh, of uh, vacancies to unemployed is just out of keeping with historical experience, and that suggests that, that this time could be different. And that is one of the issues that we have in talking about, oh, we're in a recession. When there are so many job vacancies, right? Those vacant, I mean, look, what the Fed is trying to do, in fact, is to reduce the number of vacancies out there by softening demand. But somehow they believe they can soften demand in such a way that reduces vacancies without damaging employment. After they said... In the previous cut, you know, he says, like, I, I, I mean, I'm just looking at my, time, at my time marks. He says nine minutes later, he says, we really, 2020 and 2021 didn't turn out the way we thought, but yet we're going to be able to make this kind of a pivot. We're not only going to reduce demand, but we're going to reduce demand so that it reduces vacancies without reducing employment. Holy heck. That's quite the adjustment. And I'm not sure why he believes he can do that. Yet, yet, the Fed has clearly moved on. He's, they clearly have decided, and this is just the way to think about the Fed. I've always thought Fed policy comes in two forms. There's basically two different regimes. There's a regime in which they're fighting inflation, and there's a regime in which they're fighting unemployment. Now I believe there was a there's a good piece of this morning's uh, Wall Street Journal an editorial that includes Amity Schles, who we've had on the show, uh, along with uh, a congressman whose name I'm blanking on right now. But the congressman has put in has dropped a bill. It will go nowhere, I predict. But dropped a bill to remove the unemployment mandate from the Fed and just have it focus on inflation. You would think that the Fed might like that if you listen to this. This is the last cut I'm going to play of, uh, of Jay Powell today. Cut number 10. 80 in the cities and a check on the roads. Sorry, that's not right. He's apparently not <laughs> there. My apologies. Cut number 10. Yep, nope. That's, I'm afraid it's not there. I apologize. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, okay then. Uh, I will... We almost made it. Um, he says, we do see almost. two sides. To the, uh, almost made it. Um, let me put it this way, he, uh, Paul says. We do see that there are two-sided risks. There would be a risk of doing too much and imposing 
more of a downturn on the economy that was necessary, but the risk of doing too little and leaving the economy with this inflation only raises the cost. If you fail to deal with it in the near term, it only raises the cost of dealing with it later. If you don't have a small recession now, you need a large recession later. And that, Marshall, is what you and I lived through back in 1980 and 1981. Uh, the small recession and in, in the first half of 1980, and then we came out of it too quickly because, of course, we we're heading into a, a presidential election year, and then we end up with a larger recession in 1981. Uh, and, 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 and that, in fact, was the problem. Um, but that's exactly what the Fed is saying. They're, they're saying either i got to solve it now or I'm going to have to solve it with a bigger recession later. question is whether or not you believe they can do it. But they're telling you right now, you're going to have to trust us, and you're going to have to trust us more than you did before because we can't give you forward guidance. Holy heck. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that, uh, but I, I'm willing to bet I know how Ben Bernanke feels about that, and I expect a little bit of fireworks uh, over uh, the next few weeks. Be sure you're with us next week. The first piece of data that has to drop post-FOMC is the jobs report. That's next week. We'll be here with you to get you through it here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking Relief Factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, this is Randy with Arby's Computer Service. You have heard me advertise on this and other stations for years and have trusted us for your IT needs, and I thank you for that. We now have an immediate need for a network server tech in our organization. If you or someone you know has a year or more business experience supporting these environments and is looking to work for a company like ours, I would like to speak with you. We are very competitive with other large companies for pay and benefits, including health and retirement planning. But because we are smaller, our environment is friendly and more flexible than some of the larger IT companies. You can do your job, and it can actually be fun doing so working for us. Call me today to determine if you have the requirements for the position so that we can move forward and you can become part of our team. We can be reached at 763-441-3884, or you can email me, randy at rbsmn.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. Dad, why do you get so many phone calls? Well, son, many people need help with their homes after a bad storm. I want to be available to answer their calls no matter the day. Bad weather doesn't know it's Sunday, right? You know what? I want to be just like you when I grew up so I can help people too. Hi, I'm Alex, sales manager at Estate Claim Services. You know, I share that fond memory of a conversation with my son to show Estate Claim Services' commitment to our customers. We know storms don't wear a watch. 
You may not be available during our normal office hours, but relax, knowing that whenever you call, we're going to answer. It's the same with all our customers, because when you hire us to repair the storm damage on your home, you're working with a local Twin Cities company. We're not a storm chasing company. We're here when you need us and we'll be around long after the work is finished. Check us out online at estateclaimservices.com. Estate Claim Services, your local available anytime storm repair company. Search Estate Claim Services online today. Call my 